Welcome back to A Twist of Faith. I'm your host, Alex Parkview. We are picking up with bonus episode because I have the time to do a bonus episode, number two. We're going to continue our look at Air, the Book of Lucifer, the Enlightenment, and we're picking up on the subsection of that called Love and Hate. So, just bear with me here. We're going to cover that Love and Hate. Looks like we'll get into satanic sex, and then we'll probably call it till the next edition, where I'll pick up on Not All Vampires Suck Blood, which gets into energy vampires, which is actually a pretty interesting section of the satanic Bible, so I'm kind of excited to get to that one. So stick around, and we'll pick up on Love and Hate. Love and Hate. Satanism represents kindness to those who deserve it, instead of love wasted on ingrates. You cannot love everyone. It is ridiculous to think you can. If you love everyone and everything, you lose your natural powers of selection and wind up being a pretty poor judge of character and quality. If anything is used too freely, it loses its true meaning. Therefore, the Satanist believes you should love strongly and completely those who deserve your love, but never turn the other cheek to your enemy. Love is one of the most intense emotions felt by man. The other is hate. Forcing yourself to feel indiscriminate love is very unnatural. If you try to love everyone, you only lessen your feelings for those who deserve your love. Repressed hatred can lead to many physical and emotional ailments. By learning to release your hatred towards those who deserve it, you cleanse yourself of these malignant emotions and need not take your pent-up hatred out on your loved ones. There has never been a great love movement in the history of the world that hasn't wound up killing countless numbers of people, we must assume, to prove how much they loved them. Every hypocrite who ever walked the earth has had pockets bulging with love. Every every farcical religionist claims to love his enemies, even though, when wronged, he consoles himself by thinking God will punish them. Instead of admitting to themselves that they are capable of hating their foes and treating them in the manner they deserve, they say, There but for the grace of God go I and pray for them. Why should we humiliate and lower ourselves by drawing such inaccurate comparisons? Satanism has been thought of as being synonymous with cruelty and brutality. This is so only because people are afraid to face the truth. And the truth is that human beings are not all benign or all loving. Just because the Satanist admits he is capable of both love and hate, he is considered hateful. On the contrary, because he is able to give vent to his hatred through ritualized expression, he is far more capable of love, the deepest kind of love. By honestly recognizing and admitting to both the hate and the love that he feels, there is no confusing one emotion with the other. Without being able to experience one of these emotions, you cannot fully experience the other. Now, as far as passages go, that's it. This one's pretty short. But lots to unwrap in that. He talks about being able to feel both love and hate. I mean, how many times do you hear me say it just in this podcast? I hate people, but I love individuals. I differentiate. I hate hive mind, groupthink clusterfuck. I just, I can't stand it when people just stop being themselves and try to blend into a group of something else. Probably why I'm so anti-organized religion, like in the church aspect, as I previously discussed. I just, in that regard, I guess I fall into Satanism, because I am very comfortable expressing my hatred. 
he talks about all these people that claim to love their enemies, but then they're silently sitting in their little corners. Oh, God will punish them. There but for the grace of God, quiet. Judgment is mine. I will repay it, saith the Lord. Oh, karma is going to get them. How many people out there? Karma, karma, karma. Oh, bitch going to get her karma. What? People say they love people, but they secretly wish for their downfall. Don't ever turn your back on somebody that you think is a friend. Because chances are you'll find a knife in your back. It's just, it's how people are. Two-faced assholes. It's just the way of life at this point, honestly. Anybody that this doesn't apply to is either sheltered or lucky. I mean, there are people worthy of love. Like I said, there are great, great dear friends of mine, one of whom is responsible for the making of this podcast. My muse, my inspiration, if you will, the one who told me, hey, you should start a podcast. It took me about a month to cop to it, but I did it, and I'm here going all right so far love the hell out of her love the hell out of a lot of people that i consider family or friends hate a lot of other motherfuckers do i wish for their downfalls no because i openly admit i hate them but i'm not gonna let them live rent free in my head either fuck them i don't care about them that's the beauty of hate if you hate somebody you don't care about them bye you're done how can you just stop caring plink like that bitch get out it's that easy you just have to know the difference between who's worthy of love, who's worthy of hate. Don't secretly wish ill on people. Just cut them the fuck out of your life and save yourself the stress. Love is love. Love is beautiful. Hate is hate. Hate is beautiful as long as it is used properly and not as an actualizing for some bullshit rhetoric to make you feel better about yourself or any of these fucking people that are out there like playing race wars and all that shit. There is no superiority. If you hate somebody, you hate them. You cop to it as an individual. You don't fucking group think and get involved with all the drama and the bullshit. The only time somebody's worthy of your hate is me when I say I hate everyone is the example I use. Or there's people like if you meet and they wrong you. Like if you're one of those people that's air quotes normal and not like me, you really probably don't have a reason to hate people as greatly as I do. I mean, if I meet honest i probably don't have a reason but i choose to so if you want to convince me to love you be my guest the chances are slim but it's worth a shot i guess like there's not really a lot of diving in on that but it is what it is you have to be able to know what hate is to know what love is and then there's the different levels of love there's familial love there's platonic love there's like marital love there's physical love like you can use your imagination, fill in the blanks, a quick search, familial, family, platonic, friends, the lost, obviously, physical, obvious. Like, I'm not speaking Greek here, people. So, figure it out for yourself. Just admit that you don't love everybody, because if you do, you're just going to be one of those fucking creepy-ass, children-of-the-corn-looking motherfuckers. It's just kind of like, the hills have eyes. I know what you did last summer. What the fuck? Just some people are worthy of hate. Accept it, admit it, move on. And we're going to be taking a look at satanic sex, which is a bit longer and expounds upon some of that quite a bit. Satanic sex. Much controversy has arisen over the satanic views of free love. It is often assumed that sexual activity is the most important factor of the satanic religion and that willingness to participate in sex orgies is a prerequisite for becoming a Satanist. Nothing could be further from the truth. 
In fact, opportunists who have no deeper interest in Satanism than merely the sexual aspects are emphatically discouraged. Satanism does advocate sexual freedom, but only in the true sense of the word. Free love in the satanic concept means exactly that. Freedom to either be faithful to one person or to indulge your sexual desires with as many others as you feel is necessary to satisfy your particular needs. Satanism does not encourage orgiastic activity or extramarital affairs for those to whom they do not come naturally. For many, it would be very unnatural and detrimental to be unfaithful to their chosen mates. To others, it would be frustrating to be bound sexually to just one person. Each person must decide for himself what form of sexual activity best suits his individual needs. Self-deceitfully forcing yourself to be adulterous or to have sex partners when not married just for the sake of proving to others, or worse yet, to yourself, that you are emancipated from sexual guilt is just as wrong by satanic standards as leaving any sexual need unfulfilled because of ingrained feelings of guilt. Many of those who are constantly preoccupied with demonstrating their emancipation from sexual guilt are in reality held in even greater sexual bondage than those who simply accept sexual activity as a natural part of life and don't make a big to-do over their sexual freedom. For example, it is an established fact that the nymphomaniac, every man's dream girl and heroine of all lurid novels, is not sexually free, but is actually frigid and rose from man to man because she is too inhibited to ever find complete sexual release. Another misconception is the idea that ability to engage in group sexual activity is indicative of sexual freedom. All contemporary free sex groups have one thing in common. Discouragement of fetishistic or deviant activity. Actually, the most forced examples of non-fetishistic sexual activity thinly disguised as freedom have a common format. Each of the participants in an orgy removes all clothing, following the example set forth by one, and mechanically fornicate. Fuck for those of you who don't speak Satanism terms. Also following the leader's example. None of the performers consider that their emancipated form of sex might be regarded as regimented and infantile by non-members who fail to equate uniformity with freedom. The Satanist realizes that if he is to be a sexual connoisseur and truly free from sexual guilt, he cannot be stifled by the so-called sexual revolutionists any more than he can by the prudery of his guilt-ridden society. These free sex clubs miss the whole point of sexual freedom. Kind of ironic. Unless sexual activity can be expressed on an individual basis, which includes personal fetishes, there is absolutely no purpose in belonging to a sexual freedom organization. Satanism condones any type of sexual activity which properly satisfies your individual desires, be it heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, or even asexual, if you so choose. Satanism also sanctions adding fetish or deviation which will enhance your sex life so long as it involves no one who does not wish to be involved. The prevalence of deviant and or fetishistic behavior in our society would stagger the imagination of the sexually naive. There are more sexual variants than the unenlightened individual can perceive. Transvestism, sadism, masochism, urolangia, 
exhibitionism, to name only a few of the more predominant. Everyone has some form of fetish, but because they are unaware of the preponderance of fetishistic activity in our society, they feel they are deprived if they submit to their unnatural yearnings. There's an asterisk at the end of that. It says, fetishism is not only practiced by human beings, but by animals as well. The fetish is an integral ingredient in the sex lives of animals. The sexual odor, for example, is necessary for one animal to become sexually aroused by another. Laboratory tests have shown that when an animal is scientifically deodorized, it loses sexual attractiveness to the other animals. The stimulation provided by sexual odor is also enjoyed by man, although he will often deny it. Now, there's more to this chapter, but I just want to touch back real quick on a very crucial part of this, because everyone associates Satanism with evil and all this shit in society. And like I said, I'm not endorsing, I'm not judging, I'm not whatever. I'm just explaining, all right? But this is crucial, because you can't sit there and say that Satanists are evil, air quotes around that, like in the fuck you, you're going to die and go to hell shit, because they say right here, they sanction any fetish or deviation which enhances your sex life, so long as it involves no one who does not wish to be involved. And that one fucking sentence slash paragraph slash whatever, they're basically condemning the rapists, the fucking forceful acts, the sexual abuser, the misogynistic, the narcissistic, anybody that does not want to be involved. So if you have to force physically, emotionally, intellectually, anybody to do anything, then you're scum even in the eyes of a Satanist, for fuck's sake. The dark nature of man that worships, worships himself as a god wants nothing to do with the rules and all that shit associated with like all the actual religions like Christianity says, don't you dare fucking involve somebody in any sexual activity unless they want to be involved. Now, that's not to say you can't, like, talk to somebody, have a conversation, but if they say they're not interested, no fucking means no. Like, derp. All right, moving on. Just had to stress that point, because even in Satanism, fuck, no. <clears throat> even the asexual has a deviation, his asexuality. It is far more abnormal to have a lack of sexual desire unless illness or old age or another valid reason has caused the wane, than it is to be sexually promiscuous. However, if a Satanist chooses sexual sublimation above overt sexual expression, that is entirely his own affair. In many cases of sexual sublimation, or asexuality, any attempt to emancipate himself sexually would prove devastating to the asexual. Asexuals are invariably sexually sublimated by their jobs or hobbies. All the energy and driving interest which would normally be devoted to sexual activity is channeled into other pastimes or into their chosen occupations. If a person favors other interests over sexual activity, it is his right and no one is justified in condemning him for it. However, the person should at least recognize the fact that this is asexual sublimation. Because of lack of opportunity for expression, many secret sexual desires never progress beyond the fantasy stage. Lack of release often leads to compulsion, and therefore a great number of people devise undetectable methods of giving vent to their urges. Just because most fetishistic activity is not outwardly apparent, the sexually unsophisticated should not delude himself into thinking it does not exist. 
to cite examples of the ingenious techniques used. The male transvestite will indulge in his fetish by wearing feminine undergarments while going about his daily activities. Or the masochistic woman might wear a rubber girdle several sizes too small so she may derive sexual pleasure from her fetishistic discomfort throughout the day with no one the wiser. These illustrations are far tamer and more prevalent examples than others which could have been given. Satanism encourages any form of sexual expression you may desire, so long as it hurts no one else. I know I just went off on this tangent, but there it is again. Like, it's so important they mention it more than once. So long as it hurts no one else. No means no. Don't be a fucking manipulative dickbag just to get sex. If you can't get sex, male, female, fucking gender neutral, whatever your chosen sexuality identification. If you can't get sex on your own accord and get people to actually agree to have sex with you, leave them the fuck alone. So long as it hurts no one else. This is the, quote, evilest of the religions. And it's telling you that if you can't fucking get consent to go fuck yourself. Literally, apparently. This statement must be qualified to avoid misinterpretation. By not hurting another, this does not include the unintentional hurt felt by those who might not agree with your views on sex because of their anxieties regarding sexual morality. Naturally, you should avoid offending others who mean a great deal to you, such as prudish friends and relatives. However, if you earnestly endeavor to escape hurting them, and despite your efforts, they accidentally find out you cannot be held responsible and therefore should feel no guilt as a result of either your sexual convictions or their being hurt because of those convictions. If you are in constant fear of offending the prudish by your attitude toward sex, then there is no sense in trying to emancipate yourself from sexual guilt. However, no purpose is served by flaunting your permissiveness. The other exception to the rule regards dealings with masochists. A masochist derives pleasure from being hurt, so denying the masochist his pleasure through pain hurts him just as much as actual physical pain hurts the non-masochist. The story of the truly cruel sadist illustrates this point. The masochist says to the sadist, beat me, to which the merciless sadist replies, no. If a person wants to be hurt and enjoys suffering, then there is no reason not to indulge him in his want. The term sadist, in popular usage, describes one who obtains pleasure from indiscriminate brutality. Actually, though, a true sadist is selective. He carefully chooses from the vast reserve of appropriate victims and takes great delight in giving those who thrive on misery the fulfillment of their desires. The well-adjusted sadist is epicurean in selecting those on whom his energies will be well spent. If a person is healthy enough to admit he is a masochist and enjoys being enslaved and whipped, the real sadist is glad to oblige. Aside from the foregoing exceptions, the Satanist would not intentionally hurt others by violating their sexual rights. Gee, they mention it a third fucking time. If you attempt to impose your sexual desires upon others who do not welcome your advances, you are infringing upon their sexual freedom. Therefore, Satanism does not advocate rape, child molestation, sexual defilement of animals, or any other form of sexual activity which entails the participation of those who are unwilling or whose innocence or naivete would allow them to be intimidated or misguided into doing something against their wishes. 
If all parties involved are mature adults who willingly take full responsibility for their actions and voluntarily engage in a given form of sexual expression, even if it is generally considered taboo, then there is no reason for them to repress their sexual inclinations. And again, I've mentioned this like three times already because he did, but I'm going to mention it again. Even this like most evil, air quotes, most evil religion, man-made, all about self-gratification, being your own god on earth, living your life your way, only have one life, no afterlife, live it up, do your thing. It says, fuck off if you have to lie to or hurt or force somebody else to participate. So that's one common theme. Like I talked about not maybe too many common themes in religions. There's one I'm definitely seeing. I mean, a lot of them just straight talk abstinence and stuff, but the biggest common thing is don't force your will on others. There's some twisty shit in the Christian Bible. I'll touch on that in a future episode. Definitely, because there's some twisty shit regarding that. But the Satan Bible, the Satanic Bible, Anton LaVey, the Black Pope himself, tells you that you should not intentionally hurt others by violating their rights. You're infringing upon their sexual freedom. Do not rape. Do not molest a child. Do not defile an animal. Obviously, these are not Ten Commandment type things, but holy shit. LaVey, the man himself who wrote this religion, created this religion, even felt strongly enough to put in there that if you have to force somebody into it and that's not a kink of theirs, then you're a scummy piece of shit. And I just, I want to really drive that point home. Scummy fucking piece of shit. So unless you're with a sadist, a masochist, Somebody who's into that kind of, like, trippy kink, back the fuck up, get consent, don't be a fucking dickbag. Really is that simple. Holy fuck. I, I, bravo, LeVay. Like, fucking applause in the background for that. Please. Jesus. Fuck. So, on that note of holy fuck, LeVay himself tells you not to fucking take advantage of another person unless they're into it. I'm going to take a quick break come back and pick up some more of this. Just how long was that break? Guess you'll never know. Now, LeVay has like a three and a half page rant on masturbation. And I'm going to cover masturbation because it's in here, but I'm going to cherry pick because I don't feel like reading three and a half pages about jerking it. Or rubbing one out in the female sense. Whatever. Fill in your own fucking definition of masturbation, but I'm cherry-picking the parts that I feel tie into this. Masturbation is regarded as evil because it produces pleasure derived from intentionally fondling a forbidden area of the body by one's own hand. The guilt feelings accompanying most sexual acts can be assuaged by the religiously acceptable contention that your sensual delights are necessary to produce offspring even though you cautiously watch the calendar for the safe days. You cannot, however, placate yourself with this rationale while engaging in masturbatory practices. The Satanist fully realizes why religionists declare masturbation to be sinful. Like all other natural acts, people will do it, no matter how severely reprimanded. Causing guilt is an important facet of their malicious scheme to obligate people to atone for sins by paying the mortgages on temples of abstinence. 
Satanically speaking, though, it is far better to engage in a perfect fantasy than to cooperate in an unrewarding experience with another person. With masturbation, you are in complete control of the situation. I mean, I'm reminded of the old caveat expression that says, uh, I've never rubbed one out and thought, damn, that sucked. Like, I've never jerked off and been disappointed in myself. You get the theme. Like, obviously, masturbation is taboo because society, namely the big temples of religion, make it so. Christianity, Catholicism, on a limb and assume Hinduism does as well. I, I can't picture any religion other than Satanism or maybe those Yazidis that are just doing whatever the fuck they want until the day they die. But I can't picture any other religion other than Satanism just saying, hey, fucking rub one out. Who cares? It feels good. You're unencumbered. Do your thing. You're not having to trick nobody else. Beat your meat. Live your life. Live it up. Just make sure you don't make a mess. Clean it up. I don't know. But obviously, like, masturbation is just taboo because the churches tell us it's bad. If you go into the Christian faith again, there's a story of Onan in the Old Testament. He was supposed to fuck his dead brother's wife, if memory serves. It's been a while since I've re read all of it, so I'm, like, trying to remember here. But he was supposed to fuck his dead brother's wife to conceive a child. But rather than going through with the actual ejaculation, he pulls out and spills his seed. That, and that's led to a lot of, like, false caveats from followers of the faith. They say, like, it's better to spill your seed in the belly of a whore than to waste it. That's not actually in the Bible. That's just something people made up based on that whole Onan pulling out because he felt wrong spooging in his brother's wife. So, I mean, something as simple as that then gets twisted by the people who follow the faith because it's interpretation. The actual famous passage about Spilling your seed in the belly of a whore is nowhere in any Bible written as read. It's not a thing. So, the religion makes it awkward. And then the followers of the religion are like, well, you just shouldn't do it because it's bad, it's a sin. And then there's shame cycles involved because you, you feel shame when you do it. But that's like, and then at some point in your life, it's like, well, is it really shameful or is it just a quick, hey, hey, and now there's medical stuff going on in the world. I know at least for men's health, uh, prostate stuff, supposedly ejaculation, masturbation, sexual intercourse with ejaculation, like it doesn't matter, just ejaculation, but masturbation is a part of that, is actually good for your health. So, I mean, I'm going to just say, yeah, the religious thing with that probably just got thrown out of whack. Levate recognizes it. He just says, hey, you're, at least you're in control. You know what you like. Get yourself off. You're not harming anybody. You're not forcing anybody else. You're not having a shitty encounter with somebody just for the sake of having a shitty encounter. So rub one out, live it up, fucking get on with your bad self, I guess. LeVay looks at masturbation the same way he looks at a lot of things with that, as long as it's not hurting anybody else. It's not repressing anybody else. And it's bringing you pleasure and helping you live your best earthly life. Go for it. I mean, honestly, that whole thing from the previous, like, two episodes prior, 
where we talked about uh, <clears throat> societal things and whether or not you really had to take into consideration other people as far as your earthly desires and, you know, the world not being uh, infallible and the whole thing with as you hold it on earth, the whole in heaven with God. It's just... Like, in that sense of it, and this is just me tying into that, I'm pretty sure by those standards of those religions that are trying to change the word and make it match up in heaven, I'm pretty sure they realize that masturbation isn't that big a deal. I mean, fuck. I'm willing to bet that conservative estimate 80% of the population masturbates and the other 20% lies. Yeah, that, that seems fair. 80% masturbate, the other 20% lie. So, I mean, again, you're not hurting anybody else. It's a pleasure thing. There's medical stuff to support it these days. If you feel the urge to fucking tug one out, go for it, ladies. Double-click your mouse. Do what you need to do. You're not hurting nobody else. There ain't no shame in it. It's a normal part of life. Are you part of the 80 that does it or part of the 20 that lies about it? I guess that's really all I got on that. Um, quick conclusion upcoming, and then I'll see you on the next episode. It shouldn't really be a big surprise that I'm going to start my conclusion by once again harping on that point. Do not rape people. Do not molest children. Do not do disgusting things to animals. If Anton LaVey, the black pope, can get behind the concept of sexual freedom and right to sexual privilege and choice, then none of you have any fucking excuse because this man talks about everything that is opposite of the, quote, right-hand path and the religious norms of the world. So if this guy is telling you that you're fucked if you do it, chances are you're fucked if you do it. I'm repeating it. I'm stressing it. I feel like it's that important to mention it again. Kind of falls in line with my whole don't be a shitty human thing. But hey, what the fuck do I know? I'm just some guy doing a podcast. So all that aside, we've talked about knowing the difference between love and hate and realizing that loving everybody is impractical. You have to know who you hate in order to be able to know who you love and to feel that love as strongly as you should be able to. You should not fall victim to sexual uh, taboos, sexual like judgment from other people. You should embrace your own sexuality so long as you don't harm anyone else in doing so, unless that's their king. And if you are a masturbatory person, one of the 80% that does it and not one of the 20% that lies, then go for it. Because all you're doing is keeping yourself in check, keeping yourself balanced, mellow, and happy. I'm sure there's like Sexaholics Anonymous, but there's some sort of repression going on there based on LeVay's teachings. And that's what this is. It's about LeVay's teachings about love, hate, sex, and masturbation. Nothing is really taboo except for forcing yourself and sexually on another person. That's like the big takeaway from this 
in satanic sex slash masturbation, you can do whatever the fuck you want except impede on somebody else's sexual rights and bodily autonomy. So, thank you. I never thought I'd straight just be thanking him, but thank you, Anton LaVey, the Black Pope, for being a better human being than some fucking people that are out there just doing disgusting shit that need to fry for it, at least in my opinion, but hey, I'm just one guy. This has been A Twist of Faith. I'm Alex Parkview, and our next installment will be recorded at some point tomorrow when we get into the fun, fun, fun topic of energy vampires. If you have any questions for me, you can email me, reach out, twistoffaithpodcast at gmail.com, all one word. You can leave notes here. Um, we're on YouTube. Once I get the videos transcribed over to YouTube, you can comment there, get in conversations, ask questions. I'm all about it. Love mail, hate mail correspondence, again, goes to twistoffaithpodcast at gmail.com. Please remember to like, subscribe, rate, share. We're about halfway-ish through the Satanic Bible. Uh, once we finish that up, I've got a whole little air quotes schedule kind of pending in my head of what we're going to do. So stick around. Hopefully you guys learned something. Hopefully you can relate to what I talk about. And again, remember, I'm not trying to endorse a religion. I'm doing the Satanic Bible thing, so that's what I'm talking about for this stretch of episodes, but there's going to be other ones. There's going to be... I got the Holy fucking Bible. I'll do bits and pieces of the Christian Bible and how they can be related to everyday life. Like, I've got all, all kinds of shit running around in my head. So if this isn't your cup of tea, stick around, because we're going to be covering a lot more stuff. I just want to keep it in some semblance of order. But again... A Twist of Faith, I'm Alex Parkview. Peace out, people.